NBA Australia. How are you going? How are you going? That's right. How are you going? It's NBA Australia. It's Thursday, April 14, all day. And I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for Rolling Stone. Whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Chateau de l'Amour Studios. That's right. Down the beach. Down in Lawn. Loving this. Beautiful day down here, too. Uh, anyway, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA. Playing right now. It's all happening. Absolute chaos. Uh, we're repping Australia a bit. That's what we do as well. We had a play-in party today, didn't we? Play-in party, play-in party. We had the 9-10 playing games. Absolutely fascinating pair of games. So I'm going to break that down in the uh, NBA Australia game reps. That means a juicy slab, but that's not a knife. Oh, mate, no, mate. Spot of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. We've got some, yeah, nahs. There's the unpopular opinion of the day. And there's our back takeouts, where we're serving up a couple of flame-grilled takes. That's right, there's a couple of them. Uh, not much in the Australian Player Watch today because Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Lando didn't get out there. God damn it. But we do have a Shane Hill Shooter Shoot Award. We've got a Mark Bradkey Memorial Sweaty Hairy Bloke of the Week. Oh, it's all going on. And there's the NBA Australia Game Previews and Picks for the final playing games for the final spots in the playoffs. Uh, those games are on Saturday. So there's no show tomorrow. We'll preview those games. We'll hop on Saturday as well and do a show. That'll be fun, won't it? Yeah, it will be, Jimmy. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, we'll finish up with the... What is it, a throwback cooking with Bainsey? Well, the bloody hell not. So let's get to it. Episode 795 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, uh, you better. Better watch out for the uh, Simpsons ScoMo basketball in the face memes. If you're uh, ScoMo. That was pretty good. Ah, <laughs> you got hit the head with a basketball. Anyway. Right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Street with a daily... There you go, whip around. Ah, uh, Steph. Yeah, he's back practicing. Isn't that nice? They didn't scrimmage today properly, but he's back practicing. Went through the shooting drills, the skill work. Uh, Steve Kerr told the media that Steph felt good. Looks like he's on track to scrimmage, which we talked about this on yesterday's show. If he's scrimmaging, he can play. (laughs) Get him back out there. Uh, If it bleeds, we can kill it. Uh, Right, so Steph, that changes the entire vibe, I think, of the Nuggets Warriors series, doesn't it? If you've got a fully armed and operational Steph running around causing havoc next to Clay with Draymond, oof, makes it a lot harder for the Nugs. Other news in terms of injuries, Time Lord. Woj was on ESPN today uh, saying that it's a very real possibility that Time Lord Bob Williams, Robert Williams, will be back. Oh, geez, if you're the Nets, talk about changing goddamn the way you approach a series. Time Lord might exactly do that. It was also fun watching the uh, pregame halftime, all that sort of junk. Uh, NBA on ESPN today, and it's like, you know, Steve and A. Basically, Jalen Rose, a bunch of dudes who don't know their ass from their elbow. Michael Wilbon's like, you know who I had second year on my MVP? Devin Booker. And everyone's like, fuck off, old man. <laughs> Shut up, idiot. Steve and A is just spouting absolute bullshit. Didn't even realize that the Wolves were celebrating yesterday. I love it. They get paid a shit ton of money, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Anyway, but it was pointed out that if uh, Time Lord is playing, 
Uh, that makes the Nets uh, series a lot tougher. And Stephen is like, they don't have time. They don't have Williams the third. It's like, who has ever called him Williams the third? A and B. They probably will have him back at some point, which is why I'm still picking the Celtics. I think. But either way, pretty crazy time lord. That's huge news for that Brooklyn Boston series. Zion, the big rig. There was a sighting. He's out there doing 360 dunks in Praco. How <laughs> good is that? During the pregame workout before today's game, the big rig just uh, hoisted himself up, did a 360. Love to see it. Uh, he's still out indefinitely, however, but is continuing, wait for this, controlled five-on-five five work. Isn't this fun? Just imagine. So the Pelicans win today, obviously. Hashtag spoiler alert. And uh, just imagine. Might get Zion back as well. We'll talk about that later. Faku Kabato! He's out. Been suspended for game one of the playoffs against the Warriors for a big shove on Wayne, Wayno Ellington. I mean, it's pretty weird that the, one of the Lakers didn't shove Wayne, Wayno Ellington because he was basically stealing money from them this year. But that's what Wayne Ellington does. So Faku not there for game one against the Warriors. And as, uh, I don't know, you might have seen this one floating around, Jalen Green uh, versus Bill Simmons? From the ringer? Question mark. Uh, he's out there saying, fuck Jalen Green. Uh, he chose Herb Jones all for the all-rookie team over Jalen Green, and people got upset, uh, prompting Bill Simmons to tweet out, this is ridiculous. I think we were laughing during 80% of this. My point was I'm always leaning towards a rookie like Herb Jones who was meaningfully contributing to a decent team over someone putting up stats on a bad team. Jalen is going to be excellent. Jalen Green tweeted out, it is what it is. Everybody got upset. I don't know. This just, for me, is uh, Bill Simmons not watching any Jalen Green for like the last month and a half of the season, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Anyway, let's get into the game wraps, shall we? Game wraps. That's right, the game wraps are today. The play-ins! Loving the play-ins. The elimination games. These were always going to be way more fun. Unfortunately, uh, look, the Spurs-Pels game was super fun, pretty tight. Uh, the Pelicans needed every bit of CJ McCollum's performance today. Uh, but Atlanta took care of Charlotte in the first game, 132-103. Oh, jeez. Even Trey Young couldn't buy a bucket early. It didn't matter. Atlanta was sort of just uh, cruising along. And then a massive third quarter really sort of blew the uh, doors off this one. It was weird. Trey... I think they're up 13 points in the second quarter, Atlanta. Without Trey, I think he was one of nine at that point. He missed eight shots in a row. Lamello had missed seven in a row as well. You had Isaiah Thomas getting offensive rebounds. You had Hawks just absolutely smashing in threes in the first half. Then Lugalinari helps uh, sort of fill in the gaps. I'll talk about Gallo in a second. Turnovers are a big problem on both sides, but it was a massive run at the end of the first half by Charlotte. Got it down to six. Trey knocks in a jumper, and you're like, well... That could have been much worse for Atlanta. <laughs> anyway, but the turnovers, is eight for Charlotte in the first half, six for Atlanta. It was just a little bit of chaos. And then in the second half, Atlanta opened up with a 10-2 run, 14-point game. Charlotte come right back at them, and that was the story of this game. Just not enough defense on either end of the floor to slow the other team down. And then the Hawks sort of just got the inexorable avalanche going. It was like a 9-1 Hawks run, back up 16, and the Hornets just sort of started falling apart. A couple of weird fucky fouls, a bunch of turnovers, and then it just got gross and gross <laughs> and grosser. You turned around, like DeAndre Hunter got rolling, and it was DeAndre Hunter. And it was, you're like, what the fuck just happened? It's 88 67. 
And then boom, Bogdan Bogdanovich nails a massive three. They're up 91 to 67 out of nowhere. It's a 24 point lead. It was chaos. So yeah, it was a 31 to 15 opening to the third quarter, and the pylon was just in there. Trey reverse layups. DeAndre Hunter threes again. It was pretty remarkable. I think at one point in the third quarter, the Hawks were 15 to 20 from the floor. That is just, they end up 16 to 24. The craziest part was only three or six from downtown because this is the story of the game and the story of Charlotte writ large. We've talked about them all year, right? They all stick with teams that they can try to outgun. And if their defense can do just enough, Charlotte might run away with it. But Atlanta's defense is just good enough to go, oh, we'll make you miss a couple of those easy shots, Charlotte. And Charlotte just have no black backup plan because they've got zero interior presence on D. And so when I say, oh, well, they were 16 to 24 from the floor, that means they basically went 13 of 18 inside the arc, which is absolute chaos. And it's because the Hornets can't slow down anybody down anywhere near the rim. So in the fourth quarter, they just ran away with it. It was a 33-point game at that point. Like, Bridges got tossed, threw his mouth guard into the crowd. Some lady got hit in the head. Some dude was losing his mind. But either way, that was it. That was all she wrote. The Hornets bow out in pretty unceremonious fashion, as per usual. Talk about that in a second. Uh, they were th- they did go 13 of 41 from downtown, but they had 14 turnovers, shot 37% from the floor. Now, I'm no math scientist, <laughs> but if you shoot 37% from the floor, you're not going to win so many games. Lamello shot 7 of 25. Gross! 4 of 14 from downtown. He had 26 points, 8 assists, 3 turnovers, 5 rebounds. Terry Rose, he shot 8 of 22. I'll tell you what, though, that flatters Terry. He was 6 of 19 at one point, which is much more indicative of his actual game. Went back in in garbage time just to get a couple of shots up. Probably maybe his last in a shell uniform, just talking, just saying, just saying. Uh, he had five turnovers as well. We'll talk about him later. 17 and 6 for PJ Hamilton, Washington. Probably one of their most steady players in this one. Miles Bridges just... Couldn't get anything going. Miles Bridges! Where was that guy? 12-4-4, 5-11 shooting, 0-4 from 3. Kelly Oubre was much more like Kelly Poubre. Oh, pow! I'm just saying the squid would have laughed his ass off of that. Is there anything more funny to a three-year-old than poo jokes or fart jokes? Like, there literally isn't. Nothing. Anyway, Kelly Poubre, 1-5. of Isaiah Thomas, 1 of 4 from the floor. He did go 1 of 1 on triples. He had a couple of uh, offensive rebounds, as mentioned there, which is hilarious. But Charlotte stunk, and a lot of it to do was Montrez. He had 9 points, 3 rebounds. Plums only played 11 minutes. Hornets tried to go small. Didn't work. And uh, Plums, 3 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists in his 11 minutes. They just kind of fell apart. The Hawks, meanwhile, went 16 to 32 from downtown. That's 50% for those playing along at home. 52% from the floor as well. They just were on one. And it's one of those combinations of the, you know that the Hawks have an explosive offense, but you do also know that the Charlotte Hornets have an exploded up defense. It's like we can explode this defense pretty easily because it's shit. It's like you've put shit in a can, you've just stomped all over it. Uh, <laughs> Trey ends up with 24 points and 11 assists. He shot 8 of 24, 1 of 7 from 3, but I mean, for a bloke who started, what? One of nine. <laughs> like, that's pretty not bad in the end. You'll take it. The eight of tw- eight and 24. Kobe! Love it. Uh, three rebounds, three turnovers. He played pretty bloody, bloody well, though. Like, the Hawks, just watching them on offense versus the Hornets, you're like, oh, yeah. 
They moved the ball. This is beautiful. DeAndre Hanna had 22, 7 and 2, shot 9 of 16. He was unreal. Danila Galanari was massive. 18 points, shot 7 of 12, 2 of 5 from downtown. And it's one of those moments where you're like, if you're pouring it on, like Danilo Gallinari is a top 25 dude you want on your team if you're pouring it on because he's just going to hit like two big threes that will push a lead from 15 to 18 like every time. Gallo is that guy. Uh, Clint Capella had 15 points, 17 rebounds, two steals and three blocks. Is he the most dominant big man in the NBA? No, he was playing Charlotte. 13, 5 and 4 for Kevin fucking Huda. He went 3 or 4 from downtown, did the Ginger Ninja, and Bogdan Bogdanovich had 13 as well. He was awesome. 3 or 7 from downtown. And boom, the Hawks just ran the fuck over the top of the Hornets, didn't they? That's two straight play-in just embarrassments by the Hornets. I mean, last year they got obliterated, absolutely obliterated by the Pacers. And then this year, absolutely obliterated by the Hawks. And just saying, not great, not great. Bridges being tossed as well. I mean, they were down 31 when he got tossed. <laughs> it didn't make that much difference. And Atlanta, meanwhile, they're through to play the Cavs. That's right, Cleveland. Cleveland! For the right to have a crack at Miami as the 8 seed. That's going to be an awesome matchup. Atlanta Cavs, love it. And then the second game, a much better game, the Pelicans-Spurs. Pelicans hold on to win at 113-103 at home in a red out. I felt at home. As a ginger myself, I'll be like, oh, that's, I appreciate this. You're all being red. It's good. Now you're one of us sucked in all of New Orleans. <laughs> uh, but look, it was a crazy game. The Spurs were in foul trouble right out of the gate. Uh, teenage Mutant Yucca Purtle, DeJunte Murray, they just got slugged with a bunch of fouls real early. Like, DeJunte Murray just, and this does happen to him on the odd occasion, he'll just throw in the absolute stinker game when he just can't stay on the floor, when the refs are going to really police what he does. He's a fucking amazing player. And if the refs just have a fucking bugging bear, or is it a bee in their bonnet, about, oh, no, I've got to better keep an eye on DeJunte Murray, like they did to Pat Bev yesterday. DeJunte Murray had three fouls at the start of the second quarter. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah, this game. Well, that just took the uh, <laughs> wind out of those sails. And... The flip side, though, for the Pals, I mean, it meant that CJ McCollum just got absolutely fucking cooking. He had 17 points in no time. He had zero threes at that point as well. Spindles Ingram was cranking as well. Pelicans had an early nine-point lead. Devin Vassell, meanwhile, for the Spurs, is like, all right, DeJunte Murray's out. I better hit every three ever. It was a nine-point lead early for the Pals. Vassell smokes his four three. It's a four-point game. And then CJ McCollum did the uh, MJ meme. And that's when I took it personally. I took that personally, said CJ. He's like, fuck you, Devin Vassell. Drops 19 points in the second quarter alone. It was chaos. He ends up 27 in the first half to CJ. Absolutely amazing. And my favorite part of this was like, without DeJunte Murray out there, just the sheer ease with which CJ McCollum can get to the spots that he wants to get to, it's so much fun. And this is like 100% of those things where you look at it and go, hmm. Would you rather say that you were Philly? Would you rather have just gone, fuck it, we'll get CJ McCollum instead of James Harden? And my answer at this point, like considering how good CJ has been for the Pelicans, maybe that might have been a better option. Just saying. A bit more reliable. 
just tries a little bit harder, is a better dude. I don't know. Anyway, Jose Alvarado, he was cranking it. He had played, what, 10 minutes in the first half. He was everywhere. I love it. And uh, Herb, the rookie, Herb. I fucking love Herb Jones. He was wicked. He had a block right at the end of the first half. Bang. Uh, what was it, 11-point lead for the Pels. Pelicans pushed out to 21 in the third quarter, but Kelton Johnson, Kelton Johnson wakes up, pull it back down to 14, goes back out to 19 at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh and it was just sort of back and forth like the rest of the way. Like the Spurs never let it get too crazy out of hand. And every time it sort of got to that 20-odd point mark, they scored five points within like no time. Uh, and then a massive run in the fourth quarter. They basically shut down the Pelicans, who did not score for five minutes in the fourth quarter, which, if you ask me, is, I don't know, worrisome. There you go. Down to six. It was down to six. What was it, 97-91? And then the Pelicans push it back out to 12 because my name is Jonas Valanciunas, gets a massive bucket, rolls in the middle of the rim, throws up a hook shot, lands in after bumping around the uh, cylinder a bunch, and then Spindles hits a couple of back-to-back beauties. His tough-ass drive was fucking special. Drives into the teeth of the D, gets up, throws in off the backboard, and then another one just going after there. The Spurs, look, to their credit, they don't roll over. Like, Devin Vassell hits another three, but there was just... Without DeJunte Murray being on one, without Kelton Johnson being able to sort of get it going consistently, just not enough on offense for the Spurs. And the Pals just down the stretch manufactured nice looks. Like Alvarado, Spindles, CJ. The defense of the Spurs is really, really handy, really switchy, really quick twitch. But the Pelicans' offense is kind of like the exact sort of thing that you need to combat that, right? You've got Jose Alvarado out there next to CJ with, with Spindles out there too, with Herb. And they're more than happy to get the ball moving, keep it moving, and go from there. And that's how, like, you'd have, like, an Alvarado drive dump off to Jonas or Alvarado drives, gets the ball up and in, and Spindles gets, like, another big bucket, and boom, off you go. And Jonas Valanciunas is being really big, also handy, even though he did get blocked by Teenage Mutant Yarkin Pertle. So they hold on for a 10-point win, a couple of nice defensive stops right at the end as well. And the Spurs just couldn't hit anything. Especially, like, they were 13 of 34 from downtown. DeJunte Murray had a horrible shooting night. And so did Colton Johnson. So I think they combined to go 11 of 39. Now, I'm no math magician. <laughs> but 11 of 39 is fuck. 1 of 10 from downtown between the two of them as well. Vassell had 23. He went 7 of 13 from downtown. So the rest of the team combined went 6 of 21 from downtown. So not great. DeJunte... 16, 9, and 5, but he shot 5 of 19. Anytime you can get 16 points on 19 shots, yeah, not ideal. 15 points on 20 shots for Calvin Johnson, 0 of 5 from downtown for him. Teenage Mutant Yucca Purtle was pretty handy, 16 and 9 for him. Richo with 12. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, with 12. Hit a couple of threes, but just not quite enough there for the Spurs, especially with DeJunte not being able to dominate from the get-go. It was always going to be a bit of an uphill battle, and you saw exactly why today. So the Pals, meanwhile, CJ, 32 points. I mean, he did all of his damage in the first half. That second quarter just was absolutely fucking spectacular. 32 points for him. Seven assists, six rebounds, 12 or 23 shooting. He was unreal. Spindles of 27, 5 and 5. Yeah, he looked all right. <laughs> 22, 14 and a couple of blocks. And my name is Jonas Valanciunas. Herb had 12, two steals and two blocks. Jose Alvarado, 12 points, four assists, three or four from downtown. And I enjoyed Larry Nance Jr. just running around for 14 minutes and getting rebounds. He went 0 of 1 from the floor, but he had eight rebounds and a block. Love it. 
Spurs, boom, done for the season. See you, one, two, three, Cancun. And the New Orleans Pelicans move on to play the Clippers for a chance to play the uh, Phoenix Suns. They're 3-1 and one against them as well this season, the Pels. So, anyway, fascinating stuff. Very interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. And with all that in mind, let's do an NBA show pre performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a night. That's a night. Uh, DeAndre Hunter. He was awesome. Uh, and CJ McCollum. So they're the two for today. DeAndre Hunter, 22 points. He had 16 points in the third quarter. Had seven rebounds. He shot nine of 16 from the floor. Seven of eight in the third quarter. Amazing. Two or three from downtown. The craziest part is, like the DeAndre Hunter, like we look at the Hawks and go, oh man, they really underperformed all year, didn't they? Yeah, man, they're just not very good this year. It's a bit shit. Might be underselling the sheer importance of DeAndre Hunter uh, going out early in the season, right? They were, the Hawks are now 27-17 and 17 since he came back in January. So they're not bad, bruh. They're not bad. Uh, so a 22-7. Look, but as soon as he got going that third quarter, the game was done. So great stuff by DeAndre. Hannah and CJ McCollum. Oh, CJ. Greater than James Harden. Ask me anything. 32 points, 27 in the first half, 17 points in that second quarter alone. Uh, was it 17 or was it 19? What did I say? Fuck. Okay. 19 points in the second quarter. He was incredible. God damn, that was good. Shot the piss out of it. 12 or 23 from the floor. 3 of 5 from downtown. Also chucked in just a lazy seven assists and six rebounds. Shot five of five at the line. And that's why the Pelicans went, you know what? Actually, who fucking cares if Zion's not coming back this year or if he is? If we just go get CJ McCollum, at least we'll be good. <laughs> and sometimes just being good is good. I'm going to talk about that in a second about the Wolves, but goddamn, CJ was great. And just to have that sort of dude, that steady vet, on that team, next to uh, Spindles Ingram, my name is Jonas, next to Herb, next to Jose Alvarado. God damn, it makes a big difference. And I'll tell you what, having Larry Nance Jr. as well, pretty handy. But CJ McCollum, that's an NBA Australia Pro performance of the night right there. And so was DeAndre Hunter. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spot of the night. Almost Miles Bridges, 0 of 4 from downtown. He went 0 of 1 throwing his mouthpiece. He got one ejection. He was a minus 30. Not great, not great, but come on. Scary Terry. Oh, Terry! Uh, so in the 2022 playing game, he uh, was 8 of 22. Last year, he was 7 of 20. And as I mentioned, he was 6 of 19 before he came in right at the end of the game for no real reason beyond, this is probably my last game as a Charlotte Hornet, bro. 6 of 19, 1 of 6 from downtown, 3 assists, 5 turnovers. He comes back in, ends up at 8 of 22, 2 of 8 from downtown. Makes it look slightly more okay, but still, it was horrible. Absolute shit show, minus 29. The craziest part is, the 2021 playing game, he was horrible. 7 of 20, 0 of 9 from downtown against the Pacers. 6 assists, 1 turnover. He was a minus 35 in that game. And as it was pointed out, he was also horrible. In the elimination game against the Cavs back in 2018, he went 2 of 14 and 0 of 10 from downtown. So I think at this point, you almost have to give the Scary Terry nickname back because you're not scary. The only thing that's fucking scary 
about you, Terry, is that if you're on my team and it's an elimination game, I'm afraid of how much you're going to shit your own pants that it might get on me. Like, that's fucked. I mean, if you're on our team, I'm afraid because we're definitely not winning that fucking elimination game. Scary Terry, you're cancelled. You're back to Terry Rousey all the time. What a horrifying horror show that is. Seriously, 8 of 22 in this one, 7 of 20 and 2 of 14 in elimination games. Terry, 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 Terry. Anyway, who's old mate? No mates. Old mate, 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 no mates. Who's got no mates today? How about Miles Bridges? Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Throwing that mouthpiece into the stands. It was a bit much. It was a bit much. What are you doing, Miles? Come on, mate. Jesus. I mean, he hit a 16-year-old girl. Didn't want to give her a name. And uh, he twirled out after the game. So we get me in contact with that young lady. That was unacceptable. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you're not Steph, you know. <laughs> Steph throws a tanty, chucks his mouthpiece into the crowd. Everyone's like, oh, isn't that cute? The little baby threw his bottle. Miles Bridges does it's like, hey, man, fucker, what are you doing? Hey, settle down. Also, uh, not ideal that you're in Atlanta and there's like some big mouth fan right there yelling as you get tossed. Uh, but yeah, definitely felt like some old mate no mates for Miles Bridges today. Pantsing of the night. <laughs> I mean, Charlotte in elimination games is, uh, I mean, it's horrible. There's just no other way to put it. This is horrible. There's no other way to put it. And uh, that's how they play. Absolute bedshitting wise. Uh, Spindles absolutely baptized Zach Collins. I enjoyed that. That was awesome early on. Really set a tone for the pals. And my name is Jonas. Got absolutely fucking stopperated by Teenage Mutant Jakob Pertle. It was one of those moments where it's like, aww, Jakob's all grown up. He went and blocked Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, isn't that cute? So Teenage Mutant Yaka Pertle just absolutely fucking Leonardo'd. My name is Jonas. That was pretty pantsing. And, you know, every time you get like Euro on Euro violence, I mean, you know, apart from UK and Russia, like it's always a uh, pretty interesting one. <laughs> because, you know, that they've probably hung out a bunch, as we saw, you know, uh, time after time, all-star breaks, all that sort of stuff. The big Euros, all they always love to hang out with each other. So, Anyway, uh, Jonas definitely got dacked by Jakob Pertl. Better than Lonzo Ball. Who could this have been? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Definitely wasn't his little brother, was it? Holy moly, Lamello. Uh, just his shot was like, oh, God, that is uh, just looking off today. I'll tell you that much. Uh, goes 7-25 from the floor. Brutal. 4 of 14 from downtown, 26 points. Got to the line a bunch, but uh, I'm going to give my better than Alonzo ball today to Herb. Bloody Herb. He was bloody good. 37 minutes, shot 5 of 7 from the floor, 2 of 4 on threes. He had 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks, and 12 points. He was absolutely unstoppable. Uh, and I did enjoy just like the broadcast was gushing about him as well. And you're like, yeah, because Herb Jones is fucking like unreal. And completes that Pelicans lineup in a way that you would never have suspected for a rookie. So, great job, Herb. All right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington. 
or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Let's do some Yanars there. Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. That's right. Go get your merch. Go get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. It is balling season. Uh, go check out the NBA Australia shop. Just uh, click on any of the links through the socials. Go get a t-shirt. Get a hoodie. Go on. Get around it. And uh, I am going to ask a question before we get into the Yanars. Well, I guess it is kind of a Yanar. So... Floating an idea out there about writing a weekly column and just setting that up as a Patreon. What do you reckon? Yeah, nah. Because what I think I'll do is we will have early access to these shows if you're a Patreon. And uh, then they'll go up a little bit later to everybody else. So you'll have like, you know, earlier access. That'd be kind of neat. You'll get the weekly columns, which will be exclusive. And I think at like a uh, pricier point, you'll get access to videos. What do you reckon? Does that sound good? Will enough people be interested on me actually writing down some of this shit? You know, I am a journalist. That is my job. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do that, I think. So let us know what you reckon. Uh, hit us up on the DMs over uh, Easter and see what you say. Because I am uh, just want to do some more writing, do some more cool shit, and make a little bit of fucking walking around money doing it. You know, what do you reckon? Sound good? So go, anyway, in the meantime, go check out the NBA Australia shop because uh, that's all we'll go going at the moment. Get a T-shirt, get a hoodie. Help us out. Right, let's do some Yanars. Number one, were people dickheads for making fun of the Wolves for celebrating making the playoffs? Yeah, nah, fuck yes. Oh, heaven fucking forbid people be happy. Jesus fucking Christ. Pat Bev, yeah, he went over the top. It's like, you know, inside the NBA, gave him the old we are the champions bit. Pretty funny. Uh, But God damn, I mean, just, yes, act like you've been there before, but at the same time, you're the Minnesota Timberwolves. You quite literally have been there fuck all times before. So they should be celebrating. I loved it. Like, it's Pat Bev. It's an emotional release. He just beat the Clippers, the team that gave up on him after years upon years upon years. He turns around and beats them in the fucking playing game. That's sick. Of course he's emotional. Of course he's in tears. Jumping up the scorer's table. It was a bit over the top, but fucking who cares? I mean, I laughed about it yesterday. That's it. It's a laugh. Fucking show joy. Celebrate what you're doing. Who gives a fuck? That's great. Good on them. Fucking people complaining about, oh man, I wish I wish players were like way more, had more personality and weren't like robots. And then boom, as soon as they're not robots, like, oh, look at these fucking dickheads. Oh, look at them jumping all over the place. They just got the seven suit. Yeah, they did. They're the fucking Timberwolves. That's like synonymous with complete and utter fucking mediocrity and ineptitude for years upon years upon years. And they just got in the playoffs again. That's sick. Let them celebrate. What's it to you? Fuck me. Anyway. Uh, right. So after the results today, can Atlanta, having beaten the Hornets, can they beat the Cavs? Yeah, nah. Yeah. 100% they can. Will they? That's a bigger question, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, look, I think this is a great matchup. I think Atlanta versus Cleveland. Cleveland! Is great. It's fun. They've got a couple of stretchy big men. They've got some, you know, runny, round, point of attack, dodgy, wodgy guards. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland versus Trey Young. I'm loving it. Isaac Okoro is going to go out there and throw his body in front of fucking Kevin. What up? But I think 
the reason why I like the Hawks so much over the Hornets is just the size on the perimeter. And I think that's how I'm going to go with the Cavs as well, right? Like the Hawks just with DeAndre Hunter, with Gallo, with Bogdan coming off the bench, with Trey Young, with Huerta, they're just a big team on the perimeter as well as having Clint Capella and Anyeka Rokongwu in the middle. So I think the Cavs, if they don't have go, they throw Jared Allen. They've got Darius Rocker Judy Garland. They've got my sweet baby Carrots Levert, but there's just not quite enough offensive scoring punch, I think, in this team to really keep up with a team like the Hawks, who can just stomp it out of nowhere, put the pedal of the metal and just fuck you. So I think Atlanta can definitely beat the Cavs. <laughs> in short. Flip side, how about the Pelicans over the Clippers? Yeah, nah. This is a bit tougher. Uh, Paul George changes the equation a lot, I think, Pelicans Clippers wise, because suddenly you don't have the best player in the series or in the game, in the knockout game, but you might have the next two best in CJ McCollum and Spindles Ingram. Maybe even the third next best as well with my name is Jonas Valanciunas ahead of Reggie Jackson, maybe even ahead of Norm Powell, etc. But I love the fact that you're going to get CJ McCollum versus Norm, his old mucker from Portland, which is great. And the thing is, you got to remember, it's Paul George for good and bad, for good and ill. Because it's playoff P, pandemic P, play-in P. What could happen? I mean, they just lost already to the Wolves. Could it happen again? I do think the Pelicans, like if the Pelicans beat the Clippers, it would not shock me in the least because you've got Herb Jones out there. You've got like a solid crew of vets, young dudes. Off you go. The Clippers, they've got Paul George. They've got their own, you know, solid veterans as well. But they're also a bunch of veterans that, I wouldn't trust Reggie Jackson as far as I could throw him. Same with Mook Morris. But at the same time, they could step up big time and really sort of just go, no, 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 there's a reason why we've been really good all season. It's because we are veterans and in the tight spots, we come back, we pull off crazy wins out of nowhere. Uh, so I think the Pelicans could win it. I don't think they will, however, and we'll get to that in the uh, picks. Uh, Stephen A. Jimmy, is his head up his ass? I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, of course he is. What was that? What the hell was that? That's the exact question I would have asked Stephen A. Smith when he was, uh, you know, pointing out his top five players under the most pressure this playoffs. Who would that top five be, Jimmy? Well, number one, he had James Harden. Number two, Kyrie, both fair. Three, CP3, of course. Number four, Jimmy Butler, of course. Number five, Clay Thompson, question mark. What the fuck? The best part is Stephen A. two hours later was like, Clay doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. It's like, but Stephen A., you just said he's a top five player under pressure this fucking playoffs. What is it? And I think all this does is uh, show that Stephen A. Smith is literally just throwing shit against the wall, seeing what sticks, and not thinking about things. And if you've watched literally a second of ESPN NBA coverage in, I don't know, the last 10 years, that's basically it. Apart from Richard Jefferson, maybe Jalen Rose and... uh, I don't know, there's a couple of other there sort of talking head dudes where you go, look, he's got his head sort of screwed on correctly. Their draft guys are obviously great. Uh, but other than that, I mean, what are we doing here? It's just a bit on the fucking nose, isn't it? And to like have Stephen A, have Wilbon and Greeny doing their shit, it's like, nah. Just, ugh. I don't know why you'd bother. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of vibe. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, Tim Legler is really good as well, but Jesus Christ, like, just 
Talk about like Kendrick Perkins. It's literally just say shit, hope for the best without like any repercussions or whatever. Um, Harden, yes, pressure. Kyrie, not even real pressure. Like it's literally like, yeah, cool. I've barely been around this season, but at the same time, I'm Kyrie fucking Irving. I've already won a ring. I've already hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history. Fuck you. Jimmy Butler, he took a team to the finals like, what, two years ago? Settle down. Bit of pressure there, especially after sort of, you know, having a crack at the heat culture, but not top five pressure. Get the fuck. And but Clay, at what point does your brain just go, yes, that seems correct? Like, you're a fucking moron. Anyway, uh, last couple here. Blow up the Hornets, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Nah. Nope, 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 nope. So two years running, the Hornets, they've sort of just had these problems with injury and just not being able to get on any sort of a roll. The same thing's happened again this year. Gordon Hayward, it just it just sort of always happens to Gordy, though. This is what happens when you've got Gordy. But so they lose to Indy by 27 last year in the play, and they lose by 29 today to Atlanta. But the thing is, they don't have Hayward's release valve, do-everything ability, and... Instead, you're like, oh, well, we'll just rely on Terry Rose at a big spot, which he's like the opposite of reflex. Never rely on scary Terry because I'm afraid of him because he's going to shit everywhere just so badly. So the Hornets, the sort of key to their success has always been like, all right, well, if we've got Gordy out there, we've got Lamello, we've got Terry Rose, we've got Kelly Oubre, we've got PJ Hamilton Washington, we've got Miles Bridges. Between those dudes, we're going to get three having a pretty efficient to good game and you take literally one of those names out and it's like, oh, the equation, the maths just get that much harder. But more importantly, it's like, yeah, not having a big dude who can do kind of anything really helpful on defense and at least slow down somebody in the paint is probably the bigger thing. So you add Miles Turner or Rashawn Holmes or fucking, heaven forbid, Rudy Gobert to this team and you'd fix 88% of their problems and they'd be a fucking juggernaut next year. So I'm not actually that worried. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I wouldn't blow up the Hornets beyond. you got to move probably Rose, Kelly Oubre perhaps, but Rose's got to go. Otherwise, you're keeping Lamelo, you're keeping Gordy. you got to find a big man. You've got some pretty good wings, obviously, Miles Bridges and PJ Hamilton Washington who can switch... On the perimeter, they can play up and down, but they just need a big guy. They don't have it. Last one, Scotty Baxter. He asked, yeah, nah, Jimmy, Pelicans are sitting Zion to stop other teams from wanting him, and that Zion 360 in warm-ups was a call for help. <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> to be honest, you wouldn't put anything past the Pelicans at this point, would you? It's like, hey, man, he's been healthy this entire time. <laughs> We just want him to sit so no one's coming after him really hardcore with like trade offers because we don't need that pressure. Uh, no, because I think the Pelicans would be like, fuck, we know that Zion's awesome and we really want to pack out this stadium. So if we get him playing, he'd be out there playing. <laughs> that, that's how desperate they are for the cash all. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I think I just hit on that, right? Charlotte, I don't think they're very far away from being like legit. I think you have. The recipe is literally right there, right? Lamello, a couple of really good wings in Gordy Hayward with Miles Bridges, with PJ Hamilton Washington. You've got athleticism, you've got ball handling, you've got scoring. You had a big man to that, I think you're fucking laughing. And you just roll from there. I think the course that you've got to do is just don't panic, move Rose, figure out some shit, and away you go. I don't know if that's unpopular, but that's where I'm at. Uh, the Spurs, meanwhile, 
Should Pop quit? Should he walk away? Yeah, nah. I don't know. He's He might because he's, you know, most wins ever. He's got five titles. What do you reckon? Should he walk? Would you? <laughs> I don't know. I think Pop is in the most enviable position you could be, right? Like, it's your choice. If he wants to walk, he can walk. He's had just unimpeachable success. He's an amazing coach. We all know that. And if he wants to go, he can go. But also, he can just stay if he wants to. Just imagine. You'd be popular. Like, right, that's um, That'll do, pig. I might just go travel the world now. <laughs> what do you reckon? Hang the fuck out. Just go sit down by the beach. Off we go. All right. What about Outback Takehouse? It's Thursday at Outback. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. We went out in the garden. We got some fucking onions because it's blooming onions time. Aussie tizers only at Outback. That's right. A blooming onion. No one knows what the fuck this thing is back in Australia. But I'll tell you what. It's definitely an Aussie tizer. What is it? It's a flower made of onion. What the fuck are you on it? Whatever. Two for one. Only at Outback. Just eat them raw. Chuck them on a barbie. Go fucking nuts, mate. But apparently we're going to deep fry it and make it look like a fucking flower. Whatever. Two flame grill takes for you today. Only at Outback. First one is Atlanta. Definitely made that train stop on purpose. Making the Charlotte Hornets players having to walk to the arena today just to tie them out. Just slip the train driver a bit of cashola and away you go. Tired Hornets only at Outback. And the other one is, with the emergence of Herb Jones, the Pelicans are actually better off without Zion Williamson. And they should definitely trade him this offseason. You've already got Larry Nance Jr. You've got Herb. You don't need Zion clogging up the paint. You've got Jonas. You've got Spindles. You've got CJ. You don't need him. Move him on. You don't have to deal with that shit. Fuck that. Only. That outback. I basically half believe that. After watching them today. I don't know, but the thing is, like, you just sort of... You'll get to... If they win through against the Clippers, or even against the Clippers, you're just like, hey, Zion, go get us some buckets. He's like, all right. The thing is... And if you've listened to this show on the reg, I'm still a bit of a uh, Zion skeptic where it feels like, just like his diet, it's a lot of empty calories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Prove to me he's a winning player. All right. Well, uh, oh, but Jimmy, he was really good at defense in uh, college. Yeah, that was like fucking four years ago now. He's <laughs> had like 87 surgeries. He's about 40 kilos heavier. Anyway. All right. Uh, Australian player watch right after this. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Spinger Chris Anstey, who's coming to the Josh Giddy event? One in Melbourne, one in Sydney. Off you go. Let's fucking do it. It's going to be awesome. Chris Anstey uh, hosting a night with Josh Giddy, hanging out, talking stuff with the uh, Thunder Star. I'll be at the Melbourne one, so come along, say good day. I'm the one with the big ginger beard. <laughs> Not hard to spot. <laughs> okay, you know, come up, say good day. Say good day, Jimmy. What are you doing? Your uh, takes are horrible. <laughs> Fuck your Patreon. <laughs> Checks out. All right, so go check it out. Uh, you can go find all the uh, links for Chris Anstey and Josh Giddy 
over on Chris Anstey's social media, so go check it out. Right, Australian Play Watch today, obviously an easy one. Well, there's a reason why the Spurs didn't win today, because they did not play Rock'em Sock'em, Block'em Jock'em Landau. That's right. <laughs> Along with Romeo Langford, uh, Devontae Kaycock, and uh, what's your mean? Your man Joe Viscamp, Rock'em Sock'em, Block'em Jock'em Landau. Cop that did not play coach's decision today against the Pelicans, which sucks. Classic anti-Australian bias. It's just how it goes. You don't play your Aussies, you're going to lose. Tough one. Right. Nah, it's all right. Look, uh, Jock, we got we talked about this last week, right? Like whether or not he'll stick around. And it's like, yeah, the Spurs really take a while just to develop their big dudes. Zach Collins has been in the system for a lot longer across the NBA up in Portland, etc. He played 17 minutes. He had five, he had five points. He got towed today, did Zach. And it's one of those things where you look and go, look, Jock's just bigger. Maybe give him a shot pop, but, well, hey, I'm not the coach. Right, let's do a Shane Hill shoot a shoot, shoot a shot, light him up award, shall we? He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, for I'm healed. It is the Shane Hill shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot, light him up award. All right, a couple of today. Um, really, really enjoyed DeAndre Hunter. As mentioned, that third quarter, he went absolutely fucking ham and destroyed everybody uh, to the tune of just a very silly 7 of 8 in the third quarter for his 16 points. Like, that is ridiculous. Paintedly ridiculous. Obviously, CJ McCollum as well. Same vibes where he just went absolutely chaos in the second quarter, and it was sick. Uh, But Hunter first, and then the second one, obviously, Devin Vassell. Knocking in seven threes is amazing. And, like, the way he sort of started off, you're like, oh, that's not... You know, he's gone two or four in the first quarter, and then he just kind of kept on hitting threes. He had another two in the, in the third. He had four uh, in the second. He had four at the half, and then off he rolled. Hit another three in the fourth quarter. Like, that was sick. Anyway, uh, but CJ McCollum in the second quarter today was just an absolute delight to watch, wasn't it? Seven of seven from the floor, two of two from downtown, three of three at the free throw line for 19 points. Blew the doors off the game. CJ McCollum with his 34 in total. And, uh, but, well, sorry, 32 total. uh, 19 in the first half. Oh, 19 in the third quarter. Fucking use your words, Jimmy. I've had too much coffee again. That's how it goes. I start tripping over myself. 19 in the second quarter, 27 in the first half alone. 10 or 12 in the first half. But goddamn, what an incredible quarter that was by CJ. That's why you bring him in. Now you've got another crack at making the playoffs. So love that. CJ McCollum, that is definitely a Shane Hill moment. Uh, Mark Bradkey, Memorial Sweaty Hairy Bloke of the Week. Give me my name is Jonas Valentunas. Just looks like he smells like goulash. Hello, his name is Jonas. You want some goulash? Very tasty, yes? Has elk. Yes, much elk in my goulash. (laughs) All right, Jonas. All right. Sure. Okay. How about a Penny Mills game day, ball game day, Twitter check-in? Should we do that? Let's bloody well do it, bro. Uh, We do have... A. Gazy is one of the great followers. Uh, We're broadcasting from Skydeck today. Enjoyed that. Love to see Gazy and his big smiling face. And then you've got Andy Ma next to him as well. But uh, also... Rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Landale. Absolutely love. He had his, uh, you know, great, great little uh, sort of breakdown on his IG videos before today's game. Him hanging out with the kids, 
Him and Trey Jones is doing some great stuff down with the kids. Jock Landau is just an all-around fucking legend. That's how he does. And Paddy Thrills, Paddy Mills. So the Indigenous Basketball Australia, uh, basically they get the NBIAT, Indigenous Basketball Australia, you've basically got the tournament going on. Paddy Mills has uh, jumped all over with the New South Wales, Torres Strait, Queensland South, Western Australia kits. They look incredible. Uh, and you know that he set all this up, basically, with his uh, foundation. And Paddy Mills, we had all run through a fucking brick wall for the dude. And he's doing great things in the community as well. So you love to fucking see it. Paddy Mills, always an inspiration. Right. Let's do the game previews for Saturday. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, mate. Awesome. Excited to be down the beach for uh, Easter. Good times, great memories. Uh, we fanged down last night after yesterday's show. It's bloody good. I had my best run on the uh, Great Ocean Road I've had for a long time. First car we were uh, behind, just you know, after Fairhaven, pulled off at the uh, slow car turn at the first one, and then we fanged all the way to Lawn without stopping. It was fucking amazing. Absolutely beautiful, without getting yeah slowed down by anybody. Uh, anyway, <laughs> today's traffic up, uh, update with Jimmy. Yeah, great. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm just stoked to be down here. So today we went 2-2 two two on the picks as well, which is awesome. Because uh, I mentioned yesterday that we had went 1-6 of six in the playing games last year. Uh, so we've already improved on that. We've gone 2-4 of four so far. 0-2 oh yesterday, 2-2 two of two today. So hopefully you're paying attention. Uh, now, as mentioned, the games, the actual eight seed games between the Hawks and Cavs and Pelicans Clippers until Saturday. So we won't have a show tomorrow. So these are the previews for Saturday's game. I'll actually take good Friday off. How good, how good is that? Oh, pretty good. Good as Friday, bros. Uh, but Atlanta versus Cleveland. Who you got? Cavs at home. They are one and a half point underdogs at home. I'm going to have to go minus one and a half for Atlanta. I just think they've been a better team since the All-Star break. Cleveland, with all the injuries, all the ins and outs, I think they've done a great job doing this and getting this far. I just can't quite see them getting over the top of Atlanta, who have been just good for a long stretch of the season now. Uh, On offense, on defense, I think Atlanta just have too many weapons. As I sort of pointed out earlier, right? Like, just the sheer size of their wings versus what Cleveland can roll out there. Even though Cleveland have Lowry, that's a girl's name, Mark, and they've got Mobley, it's going to be a tougher contest than it was against uh, Charlotte. I just think Atlanta can hit them from so many different angles uh, that the Cavs probably just will fall short. But I think it should be a really good game. I'll take Atlanta minus one and a half. I'd like that line a lot because I think it could be a two-point win. Um, And if you want to go Cleveland with the plus one and a half, you'd probably feel pretty confident about that too because they could win it. I just like Atlanta a little bit more. So I'm going to go with Atlanta minus one and a half. And then the other game, Clippers-Pelicans. What do you think the line would be on this? If you guessed the Clippers minus four and a half, you would have been right. The tricky part is, I'm going to go the Pelicans plus four and a half because it does have the feeling of a uh, close game. I can't believe I'm going to go both the road teams. That's a bit weird, a bit wonky. Pelicans, I just kind of feel like between Spindles, between CJ, they might just have something going here and they might be able to get past the Clippers, which I would not have thought. I thought this is easily the worst matchup for the Clippers out of, uh, you know, having just beat, lost to the Wolves. They would have absolutely smashed the Spurs, but 
the Pals. They've won through, and I think the Pelicans can definitely make this a game. So give me the plus four and a half, because I think even if they lose, it's a really close game, and the Clippers just pull one out of their ass. So Pals plus four and a half on the road, Atlanta minus one and a half, and that's going to be fun on the bun. I cannot wait for either of these games. So Cleveland, Atlanta, uh, that's 9.30 Australian Eastern Time on Saturday, noon for the uh, Pals Clippers. Can't wait. Atlanta minus one and a half. Pelicans plus four and a half. There's your picks. I'm excited. Let's bloody well go. All right. That's it. And that's the uh, show for today. And as mentioned, no show tomorrow, but we'll be back on Saturday. We'll do a rap game, uh, a game rap show on Saturday, Arvo, uh, to wrap up Atlanta, Cleveland, and Pelicans Clippers and uh, preview the following day's first run of playoff games because it's all popping off. So that'll be really fun. Uh, so, yeah. Just working hard this weekend. It's like, oh, Jimmy, it's Easter weekend. You're going to take any time off? No, bro. No, I just can't do it. It just can't be done. Anyway, so there you go. Saturday show will be the next one. In the meantime, st- uh, stay tuned on NBA Australia with uh, Twitter, Facey, IG. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. World Wrestling Australia with Adam. That's over on YouTube. Go check that one out. NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Click on any of the links on the socials as well. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Go on. I've got no marketing budget. Help us out, would you? And uh, as mentioned, let us know if you would uh, be interested in the Patreon. It'll be cheap as shit. Uh, but yeah, doing a weekly feature. They're going to be kind of fun. Yeah, see how we go. Anyway, and some exclusive extra shit. Like videos. More of those. Let's do it. Right, uh, what else we got? The Knowable. Go download the Noble app, bang in the code Stray, get 20% off as well. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. They're awesome. And big thanks always go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And because uh, it's Thursday... We might just uh, close out with a, uh, what do you reckon? Cooking with Bainesy? Get you into the Easter spirit? All right, let's go do that. All right, talk to you on Saturday, you dickheads. After those last two playing games, we'll have our entire playoff set. That'll be fun. This NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosanna! Cooking with Bainesy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainesy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> g'day, g'day, g'day. Yes, how are you all? Well, look at you over there. <laughs> I see you over there again, Cheryl. Yes, we know that you love it. Oh, this is great. Yeah, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. I am your host, Aaron Bangers Bainesy. All right, so this here episode, we're going to whip up one of my absolute favourite Australian staples. You can have it whenever as well, at night, for dinner, after a big night on the turps. It's that absolute Aussie classic. It is Hawaiian pizza. 
Oh, yes. That's right. I love me some Hawaiian pizza, and it's easy as to make, mate. I mean, it definitely helps keeping up this physique, if you know what I mean. I reckon I probably cook about three of these bloody things a week, you know what I'm saying? And also, hey, just just for you out there as well, don't bloody listen to anyone who says shit about pineapple on pizza. They can go and do what I tell every centre in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. They can go fuck themselves, all right? You can put whatever the fuck you want on pizza. It's pizza. All right, so anyway, Hawaiian pizza is bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your soupy and grab yourself a pizza base. I love the spongier, thick ones, you know. Grab a thing of tomato paste. Now, don't bother with the fancy pants shit with basil or oregano in it unless you want to be like all fancy pants and shit because uh, then you just grab a bunch of shredded ham from the deli, grab a bag of shredded cheese. Now, you can have mozzarella, cheddar, home brand, whatever you want. doesn't matter. It's just bloody cheese. And the key ingredient, a tin of pineapple chunks. Now, it's pretty easy to whip this bad boy up, so let's get to it. All right, here we go. Now... Just whip your base out. There you go. All right, now smother it with the tomato paste. Well, yep, there you go. Smooth it out a bit. Just make sure it's all over the inside thing. Now, dump your ham on there. Yep, all this shredded ham. Now, oh, get your fingers amongst that. Shove that to the edges. There you go. Spread that out nice and even. Yep, there you go. All right, now cover this liberally with the dead pig. Come on, man. You've got to put the ham everywhere. You just need hoops and hoops and hoops of ham. Just make sure it's the nice shredded stuff, though. All right, now drain your pineapple into the sink. Or you can, you know, you can drain it into a cup and uh, drink that pineapple juice, you know. What bloke doesn't like a cup of pineapple juice, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Yeah, there we go. Now, fang the chunks of pineapple on there. Just put it everywhere, you know, just throw it around. And then cover up the entire bloody thing with your shredded cheese. All right. Now, we've got this oven over here. Just wang her in there in the oven. There you go, just for a good 15, 20 minutes at about 220 degrees Celsius. None of that Fahrenheit bullshit. Now, sit back, grab a tin, and let her cook. Oh, doesn't that bloody well smell delicious? All right, now here's one we made a little bit earlier. So you can see once it's browned and a bit on the edges and all your cheese is all melty and nice, you whip her out, you chop her up into slices, and Bob is your bloody pizza-loving uncle. Now, give it a sec to cool down before you chow down. Don't burn your bloody tongue because that cheese will be hot as buggery, eh? So, all right, now it's there. Just get your bloody munch on. And that is an absolute bloody ripper of a meal. The best bit is, and this will impress everyone, right? You can cook it whenever you want. Mates, the missus, kids, everyone bloody loves Hawaiian pizza. And if they don't, just give them the old bangers, don't argue, and go tell them to cook their own bloody pizza because this is just bloody delicious, mate. All right, how easy was that? Cool. There you go. That is absolutely unreal. Love me some Hawaiian pizza. All right, so that's it for this week. Tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsy.